Welcome to this as of yet unnamed Taylor Swift album podcast. I'm Daniel here with my friend Shauna and today we will be talking through uh, Taylor's debut album. Uh, Yeah, this podcast exists because I recently heard a different podcast that did this and they did a bad job. Uh, it was it was bad analysis and it was really uh, not something uh, worthy of uh, true fan attention. It was it was very surface level. So we're gonna try and do better. Yeah. Any thoughts as we get going? Just hope I can live up to being better. <laughs> I'm sure you can. So we have a whole bunch of categories here. Uh, to kind of talk through as we go. Um, but let's just start with kind of general thoughts about the debut album. This is, uh, yeah. The debut album honestly deserves more love than it gets. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really, really good album, especially for how young she was and for being a debut album and yeah. there's a surprising number of people that just haven't even heard it there are a lot of tracks as i was listening back through it there's a lot of tracks that i still don't love but that i respect a lot more than i used to um like like there's definitely more notes of the the taylor to come than i probably originally gave her credit um and yeah i think that more people should hear the debut album um more than just the like monster hits off of it so yeah do you remember when you first heard it first heard the whole album or first heard songs from it because those are two completely different either When you first had, like, the album in your possession? Um, I I do remember because I didn't get it. I did not get a physical copy of the album mm. until I was in high school. Which, for reference, the album came out when I was uh, about eight or nine. Oh, wow. I think. It came out in 2006. Yeah, I was I was like nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. You're you're so young. I mean, yeah. I I was I was twelve, so it's not that <laughs> big of a gap, but it feels like a lot when we talk about some of these. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. But I had heard most. I had I had heard the whole album by the time I got a physical copy, just okay. because I spent all of my time on YouTube watching mm-hmm. videos of mostly unreleased songs but you know of course um i had heard the whole album from youtube yeah i can't remember exactly when i had it i never owned a physical copy but i did get it from the library and like make a make a copy of it and like put the songs on my ipod and i think i did that around the time fearless came out so it was a couple years later um i was still pretty like locked in a bubble and also locked in like gender norms that told me that I wasn't supposed to like pop music. So yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's get to the categories. First up we have biggest song. So this is whichever song uh, from this album strikes you as the biggest. This was so incredibly hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was really hard to not think about, it was really hard to kind of get out of the lens of what I Mm -hmm. think is big. And because sometimes I get really caught up in not, not just what I think is big, but also like, like Swifties online. Mm -hmm. I get Mm -hmm. very in that. Yeah. I think to think about, I think this category is one that kind of speaks to like, her rising popularity or like a big kind of hit or, or something like this isn't necessarily just like, like whatever random, like this is one that, that pretty much everybody knows. And I think there are a couple different choices uh, for this album. So what is yours? I thought to go with our song. Okay. Uh, any reasoning? 
Um, I, I feel like our song had like was an early example of her crossover potential, which mm-hmm. we really got with Fearless. Um, and you know, like it, I, I feel like it was very popular when it came out, especially for people to be like, oh yeah, our song is our song. Like it just mm-hmm. kind of, at, at least, I mean, I was, I was like a child when it was yeah. a single and, but you know, that was, it was very popular among my peers. It wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. I went with Tim McGraw. Uh, it was a very close call. Um, I just think there was something. It, it, it's one of those songs that right when it came out already felt like it had existed on country radio for decades. Like it's one of those that was instantly timeless at a time when a lot of country music was kind of like good, sure, but was kind of fleeting, was like here and then gone. Um, Not a lot of songs felt like they were going to stand for decades on end. And Tim McGraw kind of instantly kind of captured something about that. Um, Our song is is probably the biggest now, uh, certainly. I, I mean, that's a very reasonable... I mean, that, that makes sense to me. It's very close, I think. So, What about best deep cut or album cut? So this is non-single, ideally toward the end of the record, something that uh, you pretty much have to listen to the album in order to find. Okay. Once again, very hard. Yeah. Um, I actually have two where I was like, kind of like my gut reaction was a place in this world, but I'm also super Mm. biased because I'm like, as I got older, I've become more obsessed with this song. Um, But I also, I was thinking about like tied together with a smile. I feel like is something that you wouldn't really hear unless you listened to the album, but it's a very good song. And um, it's from her very first album and it, it is an automatic oh, look, she doesn't write all her songs about, like, romance and relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, she writes about other topics. Yeah, I actually think there's quite a few songs on this album that aren't explicitly about the, like, relationship model that she got pigeonholed into right away. And mm-hmm. I think the same about Fearless. Like, everyone was always like, she writes all her songs about relationships. And I was like, she does not. It's like half the catalog, maybe. Um, Yeah. Any other thoughts about it? What, what makes it great? Um, I, I think that, like, Tied Together Smile is, is very relatable. Like, when she was talking about it, she was talking about how, um, like, you know, it was about her friend with an eating disorder and how mm. a lot of, like, young girls deal with the way that, like, society views them and the way that they're expected to be. And I, like, I think that's a really important message. And one of the things that was really big, you know, for the first three albums was the fact that she was such a great role model. Mm, mm -hmm. And that was a really good message. Yeah, that's, those are really good points. Uh, My pick is Mary's song, Oh My My My. Um, I just, I really like this song. Uh, and I really liked it even as a kid. And and I'll talk more about it a little bit later with one of these other categories. But like, even from the very first time I heard that, and, and I also think that it's like a quintessential deep cut, just like um, The Best Day is, like right toward the end of the album, not quite the last track, but very near the end, uh, about something that's pretty different pacing and different kind of structure uh and whatnot from uh, not not pacing a structure different kind of vibe from the rest of the album something that uh is is different mixes it up um so i think that is a, a quintessential album cut uh from this album yeah next up we have the track five breakdown Uh, where we just talk about track five, which here is uh, Cold As You. And uh, yeah, what uh, thoughts do you have about track five? Cold As You has really grown on me. When I was a kid, I was not a fan. (laughs) Like, I mean, I liked it, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's grown on me too. Even just like in the last 
couple like i don't remember where i ranked it when i ranked all of her songs a couple years ago i could look it up but i didn't um but just hearing it a couple times in the last few weeks as as i was preparing for this it's a really good song and it really can kind of hold its own against a lot of the other uh track fives maybe it's not quite as iconic as some of them but it's pretty sharp um yeah other thoughts um i think that it is a it is like one of the strongest lyrically Mm -hmm. on the album absolutely for a long time she always said that it was like the song she was most proud of lyrically and it's pretty clear why like she just it's such a good example of the way she's able to like tell a story with words Yes. And I think it's a good example, too, of her immense talent to be able to write. Like, everyone can write a good first verse of a song. It's much harder to write a good second verse or a good bridge. And she's always had a knack for writing really good second verses and bridges, sometimes which carry the song more than the first verse. Um, and I think this is a really good example of that. And let me just say that is not an easy thing to do when you just like look at most music or, or like country radio or whatnot. And you like, uh, a lot of songs, a lot of very good songs are basically a first verse, the chorus, a second verse that's half as long, another chorus, and then kind of a bridge and the song ends. And this cold as you really showcases her ability to write a full complete song that's not there for radio not there for anyone other than the people that she's trying to to connect with um plus she says damn which uh pre preteen me thought that was really cool uh oh yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah that you never did give a damn and it's the only time she says it until 1989 and so when she said it in 1989 which wasn't like you could barely tell if you if you weren't listening you didn't really notice so when she actually started saying like curse words at all again in her music even post 1989 like reputation i remember seeing so many people that were just like losing their minds because they were like curse with curses i'm like bruh have you not heard debut like yeah Teardrops on my guitar radio version has a curse mm-hmm. word. Oh, okay. and <laughs> I, I try to listen to teardrops on my guitar radio version as little as humanly possible. Uh, the pop, the pop version of that song is not my friend. Well, not the pop version. There's oh, another okay. version. Oh. It's, there are three versions of teardrops on my guitar. Fun fact. Okay. <laughs> Only two uh, are on the album. The third was like an iTunes radio single version. I've probably like, never heard that version. <laughs> Oh, that's the version so, my dad bought for me when I okay. on his like little on his like iPod classic. Yeah, yeah. Where what does she what does she say? Um, it's, it's she just uh, it's, it's the same thing as in Cold as You. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not like she's out here dropping the f bomb or anything <laughs> crazy. Although if you yeah. listen to some of the unreleased, she is out there saying crazy stuff, but. <laughs> You know, unreleased songs, Taylor, is always a little bit more scandalous than most people expect. That's that's understandable. Yeah. I I can I can get that. I can get by. Weather unreleased. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and we're uh realizing today as she put out uh Mr. Perfectly Fine, um just quite uh, I think I think today it's starting to become apparent that like some of these songs remained in the vault for a while for a very good reason, which is uh, that they cut close to real uh, persons or, or whatnot. Um, and that, uh, yeah. So, which, which is an interesting dynamic about Taylor Swift that we will address more in subsequent albums because it doesn't really come up here to my knowledge, so... Uh, next up, we are discussing the deluxe tracks. Uh, for this, they are I'm Only Me When I'm With You, 
uh, Invisible, and Why Would You Want to Break a Perfectly Good Heart. I don't think there are any others that are on the deluxe. The pop version of yeah. of Teardrops, which I will not acknowledge. Uh, yeah, so it's it's so bad. It's so bad. But I still listen to it because <laughs> Taylor Swift has no skips. I listen to all of it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, so what are your thoughts on these songs? Should Invisible they... is a masterpiece. So. Invisible is really good. Mm-hmm. It was literally like my hype song before some performances in high school. I would listen to Invisible, which I know is not a normal hype song, but yeah, it's not. It's not a hype song. Well, it was normally because like I was like about to go perform Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and I felt like um, Helena from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Her like theme song would be Invisible. Oh, okay, I and don't know A Midsummer I... Night's Dream very well. It's my favorite play, and Helena is, like, her song is literally invisible. Like, it was written for her, so. Fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, Invisible's grown on me over the years. I really like I'm Only Me When I'm With You. And and I remember that getting quite a bit of radio play, at least in my, like, Radio Disney circles that I was listening to. So, like, I, I forgot that it was only on the deluxe version. Because, like, there's no uh, part of me that ever feels like that wasn't a part of this album. Uh, Like, that's just always kind of how I've linked them together. So it was kind of surprising to me to to find that out. But I think that's a really good song. I think Invisible is good. I don't like Why Would You Want to Break a Perfectly Good Heart very much. It's okay. Um yeah a perfectly good heart is just like for taylor it's yeah it's just a perfectly good heart um for taylor it's just kind of you know a regular song but then at the same time like at the same time it's got some really good lyrics so Mm -hmm. like if you think about it i think i think my problem with that song is that the chorus is really bland Mm -hmm. like especially by her standards even on this album, like there's pretty much nothing that makes you want to sing that chorus. And that holds the song back quite a bit. Um, yeah. Cause the verses are good. It's just yeah. the, cor- yeah. <laughs> this poor song. We're, we're allowed to be critical. That's, that's the point. Um, but yeah, this starts to a pattern of times when you wonder like what, is going on with the deluxe album either in terms of like is she intentionally saving really good material just for the fans uh or did some portion of her go like no uh invisible does not belong on this record because it very much does i don't know a whole lot necessarily about like debut the song choices but i know mm-hmm. like with fearless and other albums there was a lot of pushback from borchetta and other people she had to fight for everything and all of her albums and so there's a really good chance that they were like there's been there's too many sad songs or yeah. this just doesn't have the right vibe yeah so invisible is a head scratcher though Cause that feels like it fits the vibe spot on. And it feels like the kind of ballad thing that could fit really well on the second half of the album really well. So, um, yeah, that, that one, that one won't make sense to me. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Next up, we have Most Excited Song You Are to Hear Re-Recorded. And uh, if you have any reason why, that as well. Uh, two of them. Okay. A Place in This World and The Outside. Um, okay. A Place in This World because it's just, it's really grown on me. It's so relatable as mm-hmm. someone who's just kind of, especially in these current you know pandemic days of i have no idea what's going on yeah i'm excited to hear that one redone because i think that the core of the song is really good but the the mix and the production could could be sharper uh it could de- could definitely be a lot better um and a lot less 2005 pop country like 
Like that song really uh, is of its moment. I think. Um, yeah, you're. Yeah. What else? What else? Oh, the outside. Um, okay. Has just been my favorite Taylor Swift song since I oh. since since I was like nine. Um, okay. At this point, it's just like my favorite because it's been my favorite and it will just continue to be because it's like nostalgic at this point Mm -hmm. so I'm just very excited to hear it again and to know that she played it because all I ever want is for her to play this song (laughs) and she never does so that means it'll be in her brain again she hasn't forgotten Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. I hope hope. (laughs) yeah yeah that makes sense uh I'm excited to hear tied together with a smile Uh, When I was listening back to this, I think that there are, without necessarily knowing the backstory, uh, which I didn't really know, I think that there are some really strong aspects of this song that get lost a little bit in the mix and just really aren't like hammered home as forcefully or as powerfully as I think they could be. Um, And I think that there's a lot of... And of course, we don't know what she's going to do with it necessarily. But I think that there's the potential for this to be a really standout track. And maybe to an extent, it kind of already is. But I think that there's room to really kind of uh, work with this one and really kind of make it epic. So uh, next category, we have background or Easter eggs related to the songs that actually uh, enhance one's uh, understanding or or uh, relevance uh, relevance uh, understanding yeah uh, there's a lot of talk with Taylor Swift about oh such and such a song is about so and so and most of it doesn't matter at all uh, most of it really uh, it took me years to hear most of it and I still didn't care um, but there might be some things like you said on uh, tied together with a smile that do help our understanding. So if you have any of those to share, this is the time slot in which to do so. Yeah, it's mostly, I mean, tied together with the smile I already talked about. Um, Honestly, like with the debut, there's not as much um, stuff that necessarily enhances, you know, your understanding of the song Mm -hmm. or anything, but sometimes there's just like fun little things um like picture to burn is not about a guy she dated she never dated this guy okay uh it's just, which is just a lot of her early a I, lot of the stuff on yeah. debut is not about people she ever dated yeah which which i think just to get on a soapbox for a moment i think that pu- the general public that has not written songs uh vastly overestimates the biographical nature not just of taylor swift but with like pretty much everybody because I've written a lot of songs, most of them very, very loosely, if at all, related to anything that I experienced. Very often, just like with any kind of like novel writing or whatever, it's often like a person you see at the bus or something. Like just just kind of moments that stick out and that are worked into something rather than like large wholesale details. So I think that the degree to which we we go, oh, so such and such a song is about so-and-so, it's like, yeah, but in my experience, songwriting is usually like a composite sketch of lots of different things, moments, memories, etc. cetera, uh, as well as plenty of them that are like imagined um, because it's art. So, Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a fierce believer that we've oversold the biographical nature of Taylor Swift for way too long, and and folklore proved that, right? Like, yeah. I just I think it's something that I find really funny about folklore is that she was just like, yeah, for the first time I felt like I you know didn't have to write songs like and I make an album that was 100% about my life, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, girl. Some of these songs are not about your life. Yeah. Picture to burn. You didn't date him, honey. Mm-hmm. Like there, or like speak now. Uh, who's, whose wedding did you interrupt? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Some of this stuff like is not necessary. Like, there are songs that she has straight up said are not about her life, but yeah. we speak, but people have become so obsessed with like, oh, which celebrity is this about? Which is something nice yeah. about debut is it's not about any celebrities. Like mm-hmm. you can't go, oh yeah, there's. Mm-hmm. 
the one thing although drew from teardrops on my guitar actually did show up in her driveway after he heard the song and was oh. like what up and she was like get away from me so <laughs> good, good to times. know also major courage to put the guy's actual name in the, like i've I I have not I've not done that I've not put actual names into anything that I've written. That's that's just a mix of like courage and stupidity that I think sums up this like youthful moment of of her life so well. Of like, yeah, I'll I'll use the real name because this won't be like a thing that people remember forever. And it's like, but at the same time, she knew or like was pretty sure she was going to be a star. And so, like, that, that uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, next up, we have songs you would cut. Or uh, at least, like, move around. Um, but, but ideally, songs you'd cut. There is no such thing as a song I would cut. I, I know, you've, you've um. told me that. <laughs> but. but I did, I, I, I would... Once again, I would not actually move any of them around. The album is just perfect as it is. But in a hypothetical situation where I was just playing around with it, mm-hmm. um, I think I would actually move Mary's song up in the order mm. and put it like as one of like the second song even. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I would move Mary's song up. And first off, Invisible would have never been a deluxe track. Like, sure. Yeah. smack dab like after cold as you or something like right there in yeah the middle. probably probably a buffer song between it i don't know where the like side break would be because it's not like thinking in terms of like standard vinyl um but yeah uh i would probably cut or at least move it to like the deluxe part of it uh, a place in this world I just I've never felt like this is Taylor's song like this has always seemed to me like a Kelly Clarkson song or like like some product of the industry which is fine I mean you you have to have products of the industry but doesn't she have it like fourth or something like yeah that's way too high for a song that i do uh skip most of the time uh <laughs> i i do i don't listen to that one very often which is um, funny because <laughs> i listen to it all the time yeah yeah and then but... i've always had mixed feelings about the outside i don't think i'd cut it i think i'd move it a little bit later um it seems like honestly like a good song on which to like end the album um i i could see that as kind of like a long live kind of thing um because the number one song that i would move is our song which should not be at the end of the album that should be much much earlier uh it's way too big honestly it would be a good kickoff to this to the start of the album um Tim McGraw is good too, but, but the kind of like starting albums with a like slower song, I think that's like a recent trend. Like, I don't remember that being the normal thing for a lot of the time, but I could be forgetting. So uh, yeah, we've already kind of talked about changing the song sequence, uh, which is our next category um do you have anything else to add oh and i would cut a perfectly good heart uh from the deluxe i that song does not need to be there i was waiting for you to say that and i was surprised when you didn't (laughs) no that that uh, that does not need to be there and of course invisible would be moved up uh i'm only me when i'm with you would also not be on the deluxe those those would be standard album songs i'm only me with i'm with you sounds like the perfect way to like start the second half of the album like that track seven ish place. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, rather than cutting, because I'm not good at cutting, I would add uh, the Beautiful Eyes EP has some really solid songs on it. 
And I think I Heart Question Mark should have never been just like a like a digital yeah. download or like. Is that like, is that this era or is that? Um, yeah, I Heart okay. Question Mark is from the beautiful IZP, and okay. it's rumored. It, there's a lot of discourse as to what where I Heart Question Mark actually came from among the Swifty fandom, mm-hmm. and it's like a thing. But um, the I'm Swifty sure. fandom has many things. Yes, uh, but it was, I think, a digital download from Best Buy at the time for a while, but then it was also on the Beautiful Eyes EP, and so okay. it's like a really, it's it's an enigma. It, but... it came up on my Pandora station constantly, so like I didn't even realize that it was not on an album or was like obscure because Pandora just played that one all the time. Um, as they should. It's a great song. It's yeah. It's got that picture to burn energy to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then also like Beautiful Eyes is also one that instead of being on an EP, well. I could literally sing it for you right now. Like I know it. That's okay. But, um, <laughs> but I know all of her songs. And then also be, like basically the Beautiful Eyes EP, uh, some, like there's a version of Should Have Said No that I... Mm sometimes think is better than the album version and i would switch out okay interesting i'm not sure i've heard that one either i might have long long ago but um that's uh those are good uh good things to think uh would we have a different title to it i i don't think so i think the album title is good um there might be some of these that i i would tweak uh maybe Maybe not. I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it a lot yet, but uh, not this one. Uh, a debut album just with the name of the singer is pretty standard. There's there's really a, a very long history of, of people doing that. Um, so, yeah. It does make it weird when people talk about it. So, I guess we just say the debut, which is kind of awkward, but his life uh next up is the best motif or multi-song theme i struggled with this one for debut it's it's not as like it's not as evident in this Mm -hmm. album um the way that she strings things together as it is in other albums Mm mm-hmm yeah, there's there's less intentionality than say with like the Cornelia Street lights and then like the immediate next track uh or or a couple tracks later uh with the lights on 1000 uh, 10000 cuts. Like it's it's not that kind of level certainly, but did did you come up with anything? I not really I I I was just like it's kind of just the whole album is just kind of a very good depiction of what it is to be a teenager in high school Mm -hmm. but there's not yeah there's there aren't as many connect the dots moments that's fair uh I like the thread of the radio uh as we can see it on Tim McGraw our song and stay beautiful uh, there's something about the radio in in the sense of like its ubiquitous place in our lives and in like marking the moments of our lives, which of course, like that's not any new songwriting territory. Um, but I think the the description on Stay Beautiful of like describing this guy with with uh is it a smile smile is like the radio mm-hmm. yeah that's clever like and when you've got other songs here that connect young love with radio i think that's that's pretty interesting um yeah next up is the belatedly best song uh or as i would put the like song that grows or grew on you a lot but that is also really good so like our song tim mcgraw those are probably the 
I would say the best songs on this album. Um, and that much was obvious right away. So this is like a song that maybe over the years or something now you come to realize is like actually one of the best there. I can start if you want. Yeah. Uh, mine is Should Have Said No. Um, this is a great song, obviously. And I think it was good from the beginning. Um, but it's like potential as like what could have been like a really big single uh, has definitely like dawned on me in recent years that like this could have been a big song uh if she if she'd wanted it to be uh it's it's one of the better produced songs on this album it's really rocking um in that kind of picture to burn sense um yeah yeah should have said no is beautiful uh I would say Cold Is You just because mm. I just, it was my least favorite Taylor song for wow. a really long time. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was my least favorite Taylor song until possibly maybe Red or 1989 or Reputation. Like there, it took me a very long time. There are a lot of these songs that we'll get to on later albums. Uh, Dear John all too well that I was just not there yet in life when I heard them and they made almost no impression on me. And then several years later, I was like, Oh wait, no, this is like one of the best things she's ever written. Like obviously. But when I was 19, I did this, this didn't connect with me. I, I had lived no aspects of life. Uh, and I have never been a teenage girl, so there's already a, a bit of a gap in experience there. But um, yeah, we, we can talk more about that on later albums, but I think that there's something to that for sure. Yeah, because Cold Ace, and then there was also like, I was literally a child, and it wasn't like, a, oh, she said a cuss word. It was like, oh my goodness, I just don't know how I feel about this. Like, I just couldn't handle it. It took me a long time to be able to handle that. Yeah. Even, like, right from the, like, opening lines of that song. Like, it really kind of betrays songwriting that is far advanced of what we want or expect a 16-year-old to pull off. Mm -hmm. um and so i i can definitely see that like again you had to kind of have some years under you before you could kind of like connect to it yeah yeah uh next up we have the next album appetizer so something that looks ahead to the yeah this is one of the categories that the other podcast uh used that i thought was kind of interesting um because most of this time we have the next album and of course we didn't know at the time what the next album was going to be. Taylor mixes it up a lot. Um, but I think it's interesting to kind of think retrospectively uh, or retroactively and kind of think about like what did kind of foreshadow what was coming. So. Yeah. Once again with debut, Taylor's not at her peak of like interconnecting things quite yet. Like she hasn't mm. like, it's it's not quite there and mm -hmm. so it's a little bit harder um mm -hmm. because it's not intentional yet mm -hmm. um so i was i would think maybe i'm only me when i'm with you or even should have said no i'm only me when i'm with you is my pick here i feel like that has i, I feel like that could 100 percent be on fearless like it has that popped up version of country a little bit uh, like it, it moves a little bit more in the pop direction. Um, it definitely has that high energy. It, it feels like a fearless song, like just, just through and through. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's pretty evident, but that, that is the one that I would pick. Uh, yeah. and we're on the same page with that. So, yeah uh most personally special song and why 
the outside. Um, I was bullied a lot, so I was always like, yeah. But then also, this is so weird, but this is literally what like <laughs> captured my heart. <laughs> um, so I used to, I didn't have the album. So I, I spent, I would come home from school and watch, you know, the uh, CMT, um, mm-hmm. you know, top 20. I think it was like every Monday I watched the top 20 music videos. And so I saw, you know, like, all, like Tim McGraw, Teardrops, all of that. But then mm-hmm. I would go on the computer to CMT's website and they had performance series. Um, it's how I saw her performance with Def Leppard and all of that was on their website. And she performed the outside as in this little thing where she introduced her band and in the outside she just just the way she performed it mm-hmm. was so engaging and she did this little eye roll when she sings I know I sh- uh, I didn't read between the lines she did an eye roll like it was just so sassy and fun and mm-hmm. engaging that I just like watched that video over and over and over and it's just been my favorite ever since like the eye roll is what really got me and it's so dumb but yeah no that's that's fair uh my pick is mary's song oh my 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 um for my little like 12 year old brain or whatever uh i had never experienced songwriting like this that that effectively told the entire story of one's life and could like bring you to tears and could like like make you feel and and i know that there are like hundreds of country songs that are pretty similar to that i hadn't heard any of them i i lived in a bubble and and i did not know that uh that this was not the height of songwriting uh though it is it is very good uh, and i will i will definitely stand by that um but yeah there there was a time when this was probably like the best written song that or or i thought that this was like the best written song that i'd ever heard uh in terms of storytelling so that that one will always have a special place in my i almost never would skip that when it would come around on shuffle uh so um we have one more category here of single best lyric. And then I feel like we should also like throw a mention at, at teardrops on my guitar. Cause we haven't mentioned it. Uh, and it's a very good song. So yeah. we mentioned it like a little bit, but we didn't really talk about it. <laughs> no, it didn't really come up uh, in, in any of these, but uh, I think it's very good. I think it's no, very it's, good song. it's, it's great. Like yeah. the music video great like the dress it was just Mm -hmm. so iconic so i i think it's definitely one of those songs too that helped to kind of like solidify her thing as as not just like okay tim mcgraw very much a radio kind of thing our song very much uh you know kind of a, a a a taylor pushing hard to have this album this song included like really kind of believing that this would connect with people so that's very much a fan thing and teardrops is is a very good kind of like balancing act of like yeah it's just a a pretty simple pop song uh pop country song but yeah okay that's sufficient uh single best lyric This is real hard. It is um, hard. It's going to get harder. This is probably the album on which it's going to be the easiest. So strap it. Actually, no, no. The easiest no. Okay. Uh, is Red because I did a whole thing when Red came out with oh, the okay. lyrics of that I, album because I, do, I did a thing. Red does have my my current all-time favorite Taylor Swift lyrics. So Red will also be easy for me. Um, but all the others are going to be really hard. So, yeah. yeah. Um what i've got this was this was so hard i chose a lyric from cold as you because it is so just lyrically it's just better lyrically than i really under like grasped at the time yeah and i just felt like it deserved to have the best lyric um and then it was really hard to choose so i went with 
it's kind of long. It's basically two lyrics because, uh, but I went with ain't no use defending words that you will never say. And now that I'm sitting here thinking it through, I've never been anywhere cold as you just because mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's such like a quintessential, like Taylor Swift things thing to say, like ain't no use defending words that you will never say. Like it's a jab mm-hmm. uh, because she's really great at shading men. Um, and which <laughs> as a man i must say continue to do that like we 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 need to be shaded more often than not so good on her uh yeah. and everyone else who puts us in our place more often than not yeah it was yeah. just it's such a like a of course she said that and then yeah. just she's saying like she's never been anywhere as cold as him is something like I didn't even understand what she meant There's, as a kid. But. There are so many layers to that. It's it's like, mm-hmm. have I never been anywhere near your capacity for coldness, or have I never been like in a place that's as cold as the place that you are? Um, there's just there's so much going on there. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've never been around someone that makes me feel as like cold inside. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. just great. Um, the whole thing is just quality. My lyric is also from Cold as, Cold as You. Uh, and you come away with a great little story of a mess of a dreamer with the nerve to adore you. Um, it struck me a couple weeks ago that like, oh my word, that is a phenomenal lyric. Um, that the, A mess of a dreamer with the nerve to adore you. Like, that is a showstopper of a line right there that really just kind of shatters everything. The, the, the conflation of, of, nerve, of nerve with adore, that, that this uh, relationship is, is risky. It's that kind of treacherous sense. Um, as well as the, the yeah opposite of of just like to to him he's she's just a story and then because she had the nerve it's 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 proto all too well in this line in the in this verse really Uh, even when she's talking about being mess of a dreamer that like harkens back to just kind of the fairy tale taylor swift that we got for so many years absolutely It's a line that foreshadows much of the vibes on Fearless as well as like the the very kind of core of All Too Well. So, and she had that when she was 16, which is not fair at all. Uh, Yeah, okay. Uh, And finally, we will grade the album. You can't, you can't, they can't all be A plus. Yep. i i know i can't do it yeah so i've been told i can't do them all a plus you know so uh ideally ideally we'll get a couple of b's in there but uh that might be asking too much i i i actually gave debut a b hey there we go b stands for because i'm not allowed to give everything (laughs) an a um and also just because she has improved so much that like while yeah. this is like an a compared to a bunch of other music yes. when looking at taylor swift's discography mm-hmm. this is a b album mm-hmm. in comparison to things that were to come yes and and i would even say in comparison to like a lot of other music that's being made uh like like it's it's an uneven uh, project there's definitely like songs here that don't really kind of fit the vibe of other songs uh we've we've talked about like deluxe tracks that feel like they should be on the regular project um you've got definite like production like there there are times when the production could be better on this album well, it was also the, the producer's first time producing an album so yeah and well and her voice is still like so for lack of a better word, immature, that you've got to hide that in lots of instrumentation, which is a good thing to do. Um, but it does mean that it can't be like the masterpiece that that 
uh, some of these others uh, end up being. Uh, I have this as a B as well. Uh, maybe a B minus, but I think that's a little harsh. So I'll, I'll go. I'll go with B um, because it really is an impressive feat uh, for a debut album. When you think that there are like seven or so songs here that are just as good as pretty much anything else that she did down the line uh, that can like really hold their own against her phenomenal catalog. Like that's quite an accomplishment um, again for being so young and having so much different impulses of the, like, this has to be a pop record. This has to be a country record, like all of those kind of things. So any final thoughts? Um, I don't think so. We, we actually touched on literally every single song on the album. Yeah. We didn't talk very much about picture to burn, um, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's a good song. Yeah. It's an icon. So yeah. 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 Well, we will be back, uh, next week when we will talk about fearless. Um, and we'll we'll have a lot to say because the re-release is coming out. So we're we're gonna have to talk in terms of like fearless, the like deluxe fearless, and then like the newly released mega deluxe fearless. So it's it's gonna be there will be a lot to say. What is it? Twenty six songs long. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's massive. Um. So. Yeah, Boy. no, it's it's 26 songs. Um yep. and six of them are brand new. So well now four left that yes. we haven't heard. Yes. So and but in a way they're all new because like when when I heard because as I've said to you for a couple years now, I was always pretty skeptical that she was actually gonna do this, uh, in the way that she has decided to do this. Uh, it didn't make very much sense uh, when she was at like the peak of her career. Like Lover was really, really this. This was pre-Lover, or this was right around the time of Lover, um, and it was like Lover was amazing. Uh, I think a pretty strong uh, step forward from Reputation, and it was like, uh, like this is she's turning thirty. Like her best years are ahead. And, and I think she's kind of proved that with folklore and evermore and, and whatever obviously comes ahead. And so it was like, it's always struck me as weird that she was going to re-record them. And then I heard the new version of love story. And I was like, Oh no, like this is not, this makes total sense because with these new flourishes and new instrumental production things, these albums are going to be better than they've ever been by a lot. Um, This is not a superfluous thing to do. This is a reinvention of your entire catalog. I'm very excited for Aaron Dessner to uh, produce the outside. No one said he's going to, I'm just (laughs) praying for it. I, I, and then like for Jack Antonoff to produce literally like anything yeah. Else, I just need Aaron Destner to have his beautiful hands on the outside and like half of debut because it'll be magical. Yeah. On that note, uh, we will leave it here and yep. talk to you guys next week. <laughs>